Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about preaching into misconceptions and touchy topics. We also talk through our sermons on generosity from Genesis 33 and 1 John 4. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, it's uh, good to be back in this edition of Armchair Preaching. Zach uh, McGowan is back in America. Yes, back in America. I've been back uh, almost a week. How's your sleep? I'm good. I'm, I think I'm. we're totally back to normal. Uh, for those that don't know, I was away for three weeks, almost three weeks in England and France and doing some classwork and then a little vacation as well. And it was, it was good to be away. Also very good to be home um, with the class I was in on C.S. Lewis at Oxford and Cambridge and just got to spend some good time with my family after that. What a great experience. Oh, man. For you as a, as a, as a pastor and for your family as well, it what was, a great experience. It was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we uh, lived in Italy when I was a kid, um, but uh, it, it, as a child and then early adolescent, but to go and experience that with your children, with my children now, it's a whole nother level. So it was very cool, and and uh, we had a great time. But it was good to touch back down in the United States after three weeks. So we're glad to be home, glad to see the church, glad to see our family, our, our, our home, and our cat, and all those good things. But glad to be here talking about... Uh, back, back in armchair preaching now. Back, back talking about preaching. And uh, so the last, for those that don't know, the last three weeks, we uh, John and Kenny we're in the, the beginning of a series called Sermons from the Saints, um, looking at some of the, the, the life of the, what people call the Hall of Fame of Faith from Hebrews 11. Um, did that for three weeks, and now we're taking a little break because we're in a season um, in our church um, that's typical in a lot of churches, is stewardship season. And so we're doing a series um, called Live Generously, a little mini-series. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we jump into this week, uh, you and I preached on the same scripture lessons. Uh, you were this week in Vine in our modern worship service for the first... My, my first time full, in full Vine for, to be there for the full service. So yeah. I've never experienced it top to bottom. Yeah. So it was really nice. And I felt like I finally got to experience something that, you know, as a pastor, you you, you, you need to experience. And I didn't get to... I finally got to get the full experience and I'll do it again this week as well. So yeah. it's really great to hang out with people and worship with the people and then to bring the message. Yeah. And... Uh, different experience than in our classic service, which you guys touched on quite a bit um, in a previous episode you and, mm-hmm. and Kenny talked about, um, which is good, and it's good to, to see, feel the difference in the preaching style. Um, before we jump into the actual texts from this past week, I um, want to talk about our approaches to uh, topics that are difficult, touchy, people might have a reaction to, because we were talking uh, I want to do it on a couple different levels. First, we were just talking about generosity in general. Right. But when you say generosity in church, people there are pe- there they, are certain people that have think, a reaction. They think money, money, money yeah. which is not a bad thing because yeah. money is obviously dis- part of it. Yeah, yeah, discussed uh, in great measure in in the scripture. Um, when you're approaching something like generosity or money, which we did not. Money was a part of our conversations, our 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 sermons this week, but that was not 
either one of our primary focus. Yeah. It was more generosity in general. But knowing that people will have that kind of reaction, what? How do you approach those those kind of topics, especially ones that you know are a extremely biblical? Um, not that we would do anything that's not a biblical topic, but but it's also that's going to have a, may have a reaction from from people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and on this one. You know, when you know that 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 no matter what you say around the subject of generosity, no matter how you frame it, people are all automatically going to start clutching onto their wallet a little tighter because they think this is a money money grab. Yeah, is to my first thing I I want to do with something like that, which is which I, what I did was I want to just say it out loud, acknowledge it, acknowledge it. Yeah, this is not you know it's not first about money. it's not about money. In fact, I I we talked about that in planning this series. Mm-hmm. It's just it it if generosity equaled giving money. I think we've failed to capture the biblical absolutely message. So let's so just acknowledge what what's what's on everybody's mind, what everybody has heard, what many people probably still in some people in the church, and certainly people and everyone in, uh, hears that. So just to acknowledge it. Uh, that's that's one thing, and then the other one is just to know know your audience. You know, mm-hmm. are is this church? Are the people of this church hypersensitive to the subject of yeah. money? Is there has this because there are plenty of churches. Of course, you know, I'm I'm five weeks in or so right now, mm-hmm. so I you know I don't have the the, the the longevity here to, to know this church like you would know know this church but there are churches out there and we, I don't think I don't think we're one um, yeah. who there's an offering every week yeah and there's a it feels and there's like man it's just we're belabored by this well yeah. that'd be something you'd want to know about your audience yeah. going in just to, just again to acknowledge that so I think part of it is to is to know your uh, audience and to be sensitive to what they're thinking to acknowledge what they're thinking and then to uh, and then to then to Speak into the, the the topic, you know. I think faithfully and, yeah. and wisely. So, how about I mean that, that's that's just on the subject of in this particular one of, of yeah, money. Yeah, absolutely. But there yeah. are other there are, there, there are controversial topics yeah, that we could speak topics, of. Yeah. Political topics. Political mm-hmm. topics we could speak of. There are really yeah. sensitive topics that we we could speak of. Yeah, and only I'll get in that in, uh, in a second because it, in your message you briefly mentioned uh, some topics that could could elicit a reaction. Um, I think with generosity, because it's such a biblical mandate, um, not just the money side of it, but that it comes from a heart that has been touched by the generosity of God, and that understands uh, its own, you know a person understanding their own um, righteous bankruptcy for for you know that we need the generosity of Jesus Christ to affect us in a, in a way, I think, approaching it, backing people, not yeah. backing people, in, but approaching it from that angle. So people oh, yeah. back in from a money standpoint, they do have that reaction. Um, the other thing, I mean, for me, I, one of the things I did this Sunday that I don't, I don't know if I've ever, done, I've preached many stewardship sermons and generosity sermons, but I don't think I've really called out um, the sinful attitude of clutching the wallet like I did this past Sunday. Because mm. one of the things I said is, if you get squirmy when you when we talk about generosity, is that because you feel like you're a super generous person? And my 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 own experience, because that's that's been an area that I've had to grow in my own discipleship. I think most people do. When 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 I have not been the most generous person in the world and I hear generosity, it's I get squirmy not because I feel generous, but because I'm being convicted of sin. And so I turn turn around and say, it's more than likely it's because you have a stingy heart. 
And I just, <laughs> because I've been there and I said, you know, I've, that's, I've felt that yeah. and I've had that. And I know that when I've either A, not been able to listen to people talk about money from a biblical perspective um, or even the word generosity, it's not been because I've been hyper-righteous. It's been because I've been sinful. And just to kind of say, look, I, I, this is holding the mirror up. It's not me. This is the scripture and saying this is where, where we're at. And, and Holy, then, Holy Spirit conviction is good conviction. Yeah. And it's always good conviction, but yeah. it's never comfortable. No. It is uncomfortable. It does. If something, anything, and not generosity, anything at all that is Holy Spirit conviction, is it is A, good for us, and B, uh, feels bad at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all discipline, right? I mean, it's what the scripture talks about, yeah. discipline. No discipline feels good in the moment. But it's great for us. But it, we need it. We absolutely need it. And that, you know, there, are, like you said, there are other topics that, that also get difficult for people. Right. Um, you, you, you used a, um, an illustration from your own, Ray. From yeah. your own life about a, a guy named Ray yeah. um, who had gone through m- depression, uh, struggled through abuse, and massive suicidal thoughts and tendencies and you use that illustration to talk about the life-changing generosity of Jesus Christ in his life and the generosity that the church showed to him as an individual and how that changed his life Um, but when you go into topics where you know you're going to be talking about something sensitive that you know people might have personal experience with as well um, how do you approach those you know that because those can be they're important but but well, first, I, I don't think, and I, I don't think, um, I don't think ignoring those is, is healthy for us. And so, I think the first thing to say is that is that is that if we're going to speak honestly about the human condition, mm-hmm. and uh, and hopefully about the, the the grace of God, we can't not speak about these things. Yeah. So then it becomes if we, if we choose to speak about them, then it becomes uh, how do we speak about them? Yeah. I remember going to a uh, a True Love Weights. I mean, if they That's, do that anymore, I don't know true, if they true, do that anymore. True Love yeah, Weights, I do, I do know what you're talking about. True yeah. Love Weights one, and, and That's my era. That's whoop. my generation. Yeah. yeah. So is this this thing you bring your youth group in and they talk about um, uh, um, saving yourself from marriage and abstinence, you know, sexually yeah. and abstinence and all this? Well, the speaker that they had, this one particular speaker, one year was like. I was wanting to cover my daughter's ears because it was like he was, you know, pornography and prostitution mm-hmm. and, you know, just detail. Yeah. Way too, way too detailed. So yeah. really it's in the detail of how you present. I mm-hmm. think you can, you can speak generally. Even with the illustration with Ray, it was a choice on my part to just to say um, that Ray was abused in multiple ways. And, that, and that's it. Yeah. And then let it go. Yeah. So Not salacious. Did, so if you do have a six-year-old sitting next to you, they can, you know, the, the, the question would be, what is abuse? Yeah. And those are easy. I, I, you know, I have a six-year-old, and we've talked about, um, because uh, my six- and nine-year-old, they, they go to public school. They, they are with a wide variety of children, and we, we use those sorts of moments where they've, they've heard it in a, in a sermon that I've maybe preached or Kenny's preached or, or Pastor Mike's preached, and to say, um, what is abuse? So they understand that there are children in their class that may be going through that. Great moment for a parent, absolutely, actually. absolutely. Corey Ten Boone, um, in, the, in the Hiding Place, the mm-hmm. great story. She, her dad used to. She and her dad would take the train to wherever they went to buy their parts for their watchmaking, their clockmaking business. And she was. Um, she asked her dad one time. She said, um, "You know, I know about sex, father, and I know about sin, but I heard this phrase the other day: sexual sin." 
mm-hmm. and I don't understand that. Yeah. And her father, do you, I don't know if you remember this story, her father, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he thought about it for a minute, and he said, you know, sometimes when we, when we go and we get all of our parts and we put them into the suitcase, he said, do, I, do you ever try and pick up that suitcase? She goes, yes. He said, and she said, it's too heavy. Yeah. He said, I carry it, I carry it don't I? He goes, yeah. yes. She said, he said, let me carry this one right now. Yeah, just for a little while longer. Until and I can. Yeah, when you're strong enough to be able to handle that, then we, mm-hmm. that's a teaching, that's a moment for parents to be able yeah. to, because so they're, expo- they're exposed to all this. Yeah. I mean, I also mentioned suicide and, you know, yeah. all this. They're exposed to this. They know that this happens. You just, it becomes a moment where you as a parent can ha- handle that. Now, if I, if it gets too graphic, you know, to, to I, I kind of think of, a, of the church audience as a PG audience. Yeah. It's not a G audience. It's not a Disney audience. Yeah. It's a, G, it's a PG audience. Yeah. Yeah. And so PG, ought to, uh, they should be able to handle most of what we say. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, like you said, if we, don't, if we don't speak into the real brokenness, then, we be, then, then, then it's almost like we're so disconnected from the world People will come up, I, I, you know. We earn the irrelevancy Exactly. The, we we feel irre- irrelevant, you yeah. know, and people will And we say, are irrelevant. Yeah, you We're don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. You don't understand what I, you don't understand the brokenness. But when we say, look, you know, I may not be in your shoes um, at this moment, but I've walked alongside people who have, um, or I have been myself in the past, you know, talking about our either our own struggles or struggles that we've walked through with other people. But again, there's that fine line between doing it in a, a way that communicates the brokenness without being salacious and manipulative for the sake of shock, you know, and that's, but you have to, you have, we, at times you have to go into those topics because that's the world we live in. So, so let me just, since I am new yeah. and I don't have the preaching history uh, yeah. here that you have, uh, cur- a curious curiosity now is mm-hmm. w- I, I spoke of suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and, and abuse on, on Sunday. Yeah. What other topics have come before this congregation in the past that are that are controversial or are sensitive in the same way? Well, you know the the, the big political topics. I mean, we don't we don't take political topics, or and I don't think they're political topics, I and mean, they're biblical topics that have been politicized. But there have been times when we've talked about sexual sin um, because the because the scripture passage. Contains warrants those that. Words, yeah. yeah, it you know, um, the you know, topics about sexual immorality, pornography, um, uh, abortion, those sorts of things. I've never preached an entire sermon on abortion, but when when the biblical passage warrants dis- mention of it and discussion of it, then yeah, we'll 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 put it out there. Clearly, there are times when Paul is writing to the. Yeah. Church in Corinth, for example, where where he is talking about pornea, yeah, that that, that this sexual sin, and so yeah. if you're dealing with if you're on that passage, you can't ignore it. What are you going to do with it? That's yeah, right. You, you, you have to you have to dive into it, and and there's always there are always people that, and I think it's every church. I don't I don't know that it's I don't know that there's any one church that's so homogenous that everyone is like 100 percent with whatever the pastor said. You know, 100 percent on the same they get it you know i think um here at least for the most part people have are pretty um uh even if they don't agree with our interpretation they're respectful of the thought process and they're respectful of of our faithfulness to the to to the text um those are those are the kinds of things i think one of the other and one of the other ones that has 
has been more recently where we have gotten a little pushback is when we've talked about um, the issue of social justice and what that means. That has become kind of a hot button word, um, especially amongst evangelicalism and things like that. Um, you know, we are a part of justice ministries in this community and, and proudly so, you know, and we've talked about the need to stand up for those who are not necessarily just believers, not necessarily part of our congregation. We need to invest in our community for those who, who need our, our help and need our voice and need our influence. And, and we've had, I, I've had emails. After, <laughs> oh, oh, the emails. Oh, oh, the emails. <laughs> I've had the emails that have come back and said social justice is a, is a mask for, for the liberal agenda. Progressive you know, that's liberalism, sort of the progressive yeah. liberal, liberalism. And, which I say, yeah, to some churches it is. That doesn't mean we don't preach, Throw it out. We don't preach the yeah. gospel and we don't preach what is I mean, biblical. I, I love you know, Tim Keller, who, who could not be accused of being a, a liberal, <laughs> liberal progressive, uh, speaks, uh, write, wrote, wrote a wonderful book on, mm-hmm. uh, on gener- generous justice or something like yeah. that, on the, the idea that justice ministries are, are, are to be a part of yeah. any church who is being faithful to the, its calling. And I think it's important for for churches that are are very biblically grounded to be involved in those so that they don't become a mask for progressive liberalism and and a, and a distraction from the gospel but as an outgrowth of the gospel. Um, I do want to get into this. Oh, I just want to add one, yeah, 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 one, yeah. one, one last thing on there is that um, acknowledging what you were saying a moment ago that we are not, we, we are not a universe of 100% agreement on every single controversial topic, sensitive topic yeah. that's out there. I think one of the other helpful things to do is to is to acknowledge the other person's mm-hmm. position. Like, you know, Point I'm going to say this. I think the scriptures lead us to believe mm-hmm. and to say say these things as well. But others will come to this same scripture or they will come to take other scriptures and, and call it a biblical witness and come to another conclusion. Yeah. And they're not bad people. Yeah. And and they love they can love Jesus just as much as anyone else yeah. loves Jesus. We're just going to land in two different places here. And I think that that helps. And I think that's a unique, we've done that. I think that's a unique position, especially in our tradition, in our denomination, to be able to do that. Um, I don't think there's some congregations that that, it's, this is what it says. This is what we, how we interpret it is the way to be interpreted. I'm not even going to mention the fact that you interpret it differently or, yeah. or that you have other ways of coming about. And well, and they'll say, if you interpret it another way... You're wrong and you're going to hell. You're going... I, no, I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard yeah I mean, I've heard that before. And you've, I know you've heard that before, too, um, because people have probably have leveled that against us because we acknowledge the interpretive range of a scripture. Um, I, You know... I don't want to get into too much detail, but I've had people level that against me as a, even though I agree with them on a on a particular text. But the fact that I will acknowledge that there may be another way to to view it, it to them is anathema. I mean, that's just totally abhorrent to them. Um, this Sunday, we we the 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 theme was generosity changes lives, mm-hmm. and we both looked at uh, a, a kind of a vignette from Jacob and Esau's relationship. Um, and tied into to a passage from First John chapter four. When you look at the story of Jacob and Esau, what are the things that really just jump off the page? And not just necessarily Genesis thirty-three, but the whole saga, because it's a saga. I mean, their relationship and Jacob's uh, movements—it's a saga. What are the things that really kind of jump off the page for you? 
Well, the murkiness of the human heart, murkiness mm-hmm. of the human condition is is one. I mean, Esau's w- willingness to just just abandon, you know, in a moment of of, of, of vulnerability or weakness, just to abandon these things yeah. that are essential to the firstborn sons. I mean, that that always strikes me. It's like Esau, dude, man, where were you on this? You know, yeah, you, I get that you're hungry, but you know, you, <laughs> you you sold it all, and then Jacob's trickery and yeah. and Re- Rebecca's, you know. Uh, involvement, involvement as a in, in, in <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, it's just the taking the, sides as parents. The that's murkiness always... of the human heart mm-hmm. is is all written all over it. It's sort of like I, and, and it makes me feel better. Um, sort of like the life of King David makes me feel better. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you can look back on the life of King David and say that was a man after God's own heart. But he's like, still an adulterer. Oh, oh, and a man, <laughs> man. Okay, okay. That there's hope for for yeah. all my, you know failures and, 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 and sin nature and all, there's, there's hope for us. So the murkiness of the human condition stands out to me. And then just how, how great God is in the mm-hmm. middle of all that, just to, just to say, um, I, I give you a, a future and a, and a hope. Yeah. Just to say that, that, that the covenantal, covenantal promises, in spite of you, most of the time, yeah. the covenantal promises are yours. Yeah. And Jacob, you know, I, I've taught Genesis through two, two different times, two different places, over the course of long periods of time. So Genesis is my favorite book of the Bible. And every time we get to the Jacob story, I have people that are just incredibly uneasy with uh, how God is so incredibly gracious, and yet Jacob is a liar and a cheater and a manipulator. And and, and not once, not twice. He does it with Jacob, and he does it with in his relationship with Esau, but then he does it with Laban as well. And yet God is gracious to him. And my response always to that is, if, if we're waiting for God to only be gracious to the sinless, it's never going to happen. Point. It, and that's not even grace. It, it yeah. becomes an earned thing. And God only has sinners to work with yeah. on this planet. He's got Jesus, the sinless one, and then a whole bunch of sinners to get, to get accomplished what he's promised to get and accomplished. You're going to get really uncomfortable if you're waiting for the, the, the paragon of virtue type yeah. of a person to be the only ones talked about in the scriptures, the only ones with whom, God, you know, you're going to have to take Rahab out off the list. Off of, the, the list. Of the genealogy. David too. Uh, uh, Moses. David, he, yeah. I, mean, I mean, all of them. I mean, yeah. uh, Abraham. I mean, it just down and, the and list. Again, it's kind of the point is that, is that, is that the, 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 the sin nature of human, the human beings is met with the grace of mm-hmm, God. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the gospel. And at the same time in Jacob's life, there is, uh, there's this, um, God doesn't just leave him the way he is though. In his grace and his generosity, he disciplines him. He disciplines in his relationship with Laban. Then he has the wrestling match in Genesis 32 to the point where he's ready to actually meet his estranged brother in Genesis 33. Mm. When that moment of generosity, that that interplay with the two, the two come out. You preached about it, uh, about the idea of the the gift that that Jacob gives, and the temptation in that is to view Jacob still as this manipulative liar. And you you mentioned that in your message yeah. too. And that was really my 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 move that I made in, mm-hmm. in this. That it, you could say that because you know, Jacob you know has that inertia coming in, mm-hmm. but. Um, but I, I saw it a little broad, uh, more broadly yeah. in the sense of this, there is something larger that's happening in the reality in Jacob's mind is that he knows already he's the child. It, it, the covenantal promises are coming through him. And so there's obstacles to that. And one of the obstacles would be, you know, if, if offspring and, and, 
is going to be, that, and the promise is going to be with him in that place, and Esau could represent an obstacle to that. So yeah. he was just acting, he was, he was using what he had to, 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 to make that uh, go away, basically. Yeah. And, and yet at the same time, we realize that that's not his role. His motivation is really because he's experienced the generosity of God, and now he's experiencing the, gener- the generosity of Esau's forgiveness. He feels changed. And I love that. I, I mentioned this in my message in, in Genesis 32 when they're wrestling, they're in the wrestling match. At the end, Jacob declares, I've seen the face of God. And then when he sees Esau, when he's compelling Esau to take the, to take the gift, he says, seeing you is like seeing the face of God because he's, he's experienced the same forgiveness, the same generous spirit from Esau that he's experienced with 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 God in throughout his entire life, but culminating in that that wrestling match in Genesis 32, um, to me I'll, I always love that that picture that that he uses those two things because he has earned the vengeance of Esau, he has earned the wrath of Esau, and yet Esau treats him kindly. Esau hasn't been perfect, like there, you said. There, Esau there gave again. up the promise. Yeah, but there it is again, where 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 sin is met with grace. Yeah. And that changes. That, I mean, that Ray's story was sin was met with grace. Absolutely. And when sin was met, met with grace, you know, he, he encountered the he encountered the God of that John wrote about in First First John four. Yeah, the, and which is this overwhelming agape love, the gift giving love of God, and um, I love I loved in that in the New Testament uh, that First John four, when John says, "No one has seen God, but if we love." then God lives in us. And the, that implication that just like Esau saw the face of God, or Jacob saw the, the face of God in Esau, we too can be that as we let that generosity yeah. of God flow through us. Yeah. I just absolutely, I love that picture. I love that picture. And, and so to, to put it, to paint that, paint that flow then, the generosity is, in, is initiated in the heart of God. Yeah. It is the it is the the hospitality, the opening up mm-hmm. of God, and the outpouring of God into Esau's life, and into Jacob's life, and into the believers' lives, and and, and through through Christ, and now all the way down the, the the history to your life and my life. When that outpouring, the generosity of God begins there, it's it's shown in Christ, and it is poured into the believer. Uh, it changes. We, we become Christ-like, and we the world world around us see it, but sees us sees that and what they see is they see us living the example of the generosity of God. Yeah. Just the out, oh, outward focus, the giving nature of, of God. And, and that, that does, I mean, it, yeah. and that doesn't it affects have, people. And that does not begin with money. <laughs> that begins with an open heart. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I think, you know, as we, as we get into the next couple of weeks with this, we're going to talk about the, the financial impact on ministries and, and how we can, in our individual generosity as it kind of joins the collective generosity has this massive ministry kingdom impact but it doesn't start with money money is really just the symptom of a heart that's opened Mm -hmm. and so it's going to be great the next few weeks to kind of dive into what that yeah we're looking at um how how this whole life of generosity which we set up in week one Mm -hmm. now enables the church god's bride you know the bride of christ Mm -hmm. To do the to do the very thing that the church is called to do, yeah, and in, in, which has all these different ministries of, of of worship and and compassion and mission and so on. So we get to talk about how that same generosity 
which is not a, mon- a message about money. Yeah. yeah. It's a message about hearts that are overflowing with the generosity of God. Mm-hmm. Allow these things to happen so that God's purposes, and then ultimately it's going to be about the, the, the legacy that the we legacy pass on. The legacy that we leave on, yeah, or we pass on to others. If anyone has missed any one of the messages, I uh, encourage everyone to, to check us out on uh, Facebook um, or on YouTube, our YouTube channel, or online. All of the sermons are up. Um, and, and archived, and uh, so they can get caught up. And uh, if you've missed any one of our podcasts, our Armchair Preaching podcast, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad you said that because I, 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 when you were gone, I said to the church that we that we do this, and yeah. then I said, and I would tell you how to find it, but right now I can't. I don't know how to do <laughs> it. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you said that right now. So, yeah, so it's on a, the website, YouTube, yeah. Apple Podcast. Yes, and uh, so if they go to the website, there's all those different ways they can link to as nice. well, too. So fpclakeland.org. John, thanks for taking some time uh, Good to have you today. back, today. I'm glad to be back, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking again next week. Next week. Right, Sounds good. good.